On this episode, we turn into a Liverpool sport group as we discuss the news that Jurgen Klopp is finally leaving Liverpool. We also take a look back at the winter week, the FA Cup, and we take a look forward at the games coming up now. This is the Talkie Talk podcast. of the Talkie Taka podcast. For some of us, it's a happy occasion. For others, not so much. We are reconvening after a round of games in the FA Cup, in the Carabao Cup, and in the Premier League over a period of 10 days, the winter break. And we've uh, had some explosive news in the recent days as well. So to discuss all of this, I have on the panel today Radhaji, RK, and Ashwin. Uh, so I'm going to start with Ashwin. Ashwin, what's your uh, talkie point I think uh, it's been uh, semi-good, I would say, in the sense that there has been some um, developments out uh, off-field. Uh, when you support United, there's always some off-field news that keeps on coming up. Uh, thankfully, this time it was one of the good ones. And uh, we, uh, finally got... Um, Enyos has started making certain changes at the club already, which which seems promising at least. So. Uh, Omer Barada uh, joining from Man City. Uh, he'll be joining over the summer, but at least that's a good start. Uh, and it, it seems that there would be some kind of structure in the club at least. I'm hoping that would be followed up with the appointment of Paul Mitchell and Dan Ashworth as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, th- that was probably the good bit. The bad bit was United on field don't seem to know how to play a draw against Spurs, which we could have honestly lost. And I watched it in the stadium live, um, which, and I went back to London with a lot of Spurs, Spurs fans who were literally telling me how football should be played as if, you know, they won a lot of trophies, which is not uh, But, uh, and then following it up with a routine FA Cup. Okay. I, I say routine, but we all almost, almost, almost lost that as well. Okay. RK, uh, what's it for you? What's your talkie point? Or, and are you slightly more optimistic than Ashwin? No, I'm a bit more pessimistic. Uh, so the other news is my talking point about United. Uh, like the other news is Rashford celebrating Wednesday and Thursday night in Belfast. Uh, as per Ashwin, if you go to Belfast, you don't uh, you know get back sane. That's what Rashford did. Ill health is, I think, uh, you know, uh, like we are all fairly clear that it means hangover. So uh, that's the latest disciplinary issue for United, and uh, definitely. It has to be bad news because, uh, uh, you know, when your replacement is Anthony, it's always bad news. So, it's going to be tricky how uh, Ten Hag deals with this new disciplinary issue now. Yeah, and this is not the first instance of a disciplinary issue with Rashford. And considering uh, his place in the team has also been under question, his form has been under question. I don't know where this is headed. Let's see. Uh, finally, Radhaji. I guess not much has been happening in your part of the world. You probably your talking point is I'm assuming Everton losing to Luton because you're a closet Everton fan, right? Yeah, just a, um, a pretty docile last week. Nothing much to talk about. I was thinking of skipping the pod as well because there was not 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 too many topics to get through this week. I mean, what can you say, man? Just 
just a minute a tweet a video posted on x or twitter or whatever and your whole life comes uh crashing down it's it's just insane i can't believe it i i just absolutely love this man uh there i was like going sitting in the crowd waiting like a couple of hours away from like an experience of a lifetime waiting to watch cole play live and i i see this uh on my phone and i'm i'm thinking that okay are we near april 1st is somebody doing some heavy deep fakes and and like sharing it around like i just couldn't believe my eyes uh sitting in 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 a stadium in singapore waiting for a band which is supposed to make you really happy and sitting with tears in my eyes i mean it's just i don't know where to start it's uh, uh pretty uh, incredible last few days uh so yeah i'm sure we'll get to it in more detail but yeah klopp is the talky moment of the week not just my talky moment of the week one of the uh, only talky moments in football at the moment but yeah crazy yeah so for, from cold play to play feeling cold or some such other bad jokes uh, but yeah let's get into it right now like um, how do you see klopp's legacy when he leaves at the end of the season and it's been like almost 9 years i think and um, he's delivered you a premier league title he's delivered champions league he's delivered other cup success not just the titles but also the way liverpool have been playing uh, have developed an identity as a team after rogers um how do you see um, i mean okay and this season there might be some more silverware as well but how do you see his legacy being written once he leaves is this has been compared to a shankly leaving moment is is it the same for you or probably even more because you've seen this first hand yeah i mean i can't really comment on shankly i've only read about his greatness and and of course he would have taken over liverpool in a totally different set of circumstances where they were in the championship or or they got relegated and all sorts of stuff so can't compare but in my lifetime in 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 my time as a liverpool fan ah there's nothing there's nothing that comes close to this man i just love this man uh he's so much more than just a manager i think liverpool managers have always been iconic in that the fans and the manager have such a strong connection always far more than uh, the connections that we have with players it's always been like shankly paisley kenny if you if you talk about even if you go through the intensity of the fan manager connection even rafa even though rafa uh, didn't really achieve as much as some of these other names if you just think about the the passion and and connection that liverpool fans have to rafa it's just insane and then klopp just he just like turned it all around for the club uh, we only used to hear stories about how liverpool was a great team it was a, an important team in the 80s in the 90s and and in the 70s and what not but we never got to live it we were always living off somebody else's experiences somebody else's stories i think klopp completely changed that around and we were a shite club i think i i, I don't know more than any of you guys although i know that uh, the united guys have been disappointed for some time now but uh, through our formative years of watching football um I think I was pretty alone in that uh, I was supporting uh, one of those supporters of a club that is damn right mediocre in in so many aspects 
um and and yeah it started to turn around with rafa coming in winning an odd trophy here and there but actually becoming a good team and sustained amazing performances and exciting fans and i i i honestly feel that success is just a bonus with club like it's we could win nothing and i would st- this would still be the happiest time as a football fan in my entire life there is no coming close to it also the champions league final of 2005 uh, great amazing moment but in a general speak in the general way of speaking the way my mood my attitude towards football the therapeutic effect that it has on me today it's so completely positive in all facts this is why i think i turn things around really quickly after disappointment as well these days if 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 we have a bad game if we lose another champions league final i i get over it quite quickly because it's really just a bonus i i, I think i went on instagram on in 2019 the night before the champions league final and i just said listen that is also a year after i had gone to see anfield for the first time and i was part of the atmosphere and ale 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 and everything it was just a magical situation and all of that is created by this guy so winning stuff honestly was a supreme bonus this guy is um given us so much more than just one trophy here and there and he's won pretty much everything there is to win so and hell you never know maybe maybe this year we can even add a few and just make this an absolute dream end to an absolute dream run he's made us fall back in love with the club um and like i said success is just a cherry on top after all of that so his legacy is that he made success almost second like priority for a lot of a lot of us fans ashwin uh, yeah i think i think um i i can't add more to what rabes already said because obviously that is coming straight from the heart but one one thing i do uh, one thing i can probably talk about is there were similar emotions when klopp left dortmund as well i think the the man just connects connects with the club that he is managing right he he like this this something that is definitely leaving behind with liverpool football club as he did with dortmund as well um he he just just he just connects with fans in so many different levels and it is very hard as a rival fan even to hate it because you know i mean forget the fact that you know he is his teams have beaten or ripped apart united teams and all that like he, he, you can just see the what he gets across to his team is so simple it's so beautiful and you know there's this lovely connection between him the team and the fans and that is something that i think rival fans kind of envy as well um and uh, of course he's been here for a long time it's not easy to compete in the premier league uh, for such a long duration especially against the likes of uh, guardiola who's also like this machine who's like really going at it i think i think no matter who comes i don't think they can challenge klopp's legacy uh, it's not just the duration that he was here it's also it's also you know the trophies that is won the players that is developed um, a lot of people actually did doubt uh you know liverpool when he first took over uh, i remember carlo ancelotti is one of the names that was touted and everyone was like why aren't liverpool going for carlo ancelotti and why are they going for this guy who rk would say managed in the farmers league uh, but you know like he's proved the doubters wrong and he has made everyone believe in uh, in, in in liverpool as well um i kind of see this similar to how Alex Ferguson said Alex left as well 
with with the uh, with the caveat that i think sir alex kind of left united in kind of a disarray whereas klopp has really built the team and he's going to leave them on in a much better situation than you know uh, what uh, ferguson left united uh, with rk you yeah. had a question for uh, radha yeah but uh, before that uh, ashwin's uh, you know just to his comment on the farmers league so you know when uh, like you have a completely feudal setup and someone trumps the main farmer not once but twice i i don't think that that comes into the conversation of you know farmers league i think what klopp did with dortmund uh, you know he kind of inverted the whole power structure it was uh, you know very reminiscent of uh, what alex ferguson kind of did with aberdeen i i read recently that uh, you know in the scottish league uh, celtic and rangers have won 85 times in uh, you know in 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 one century but in the eight years that ferguson was there aberdeen won three times so i think what klopp did was very similar being able to win if i am not if i remember correctly two years consecutively uh, you know trumping bayern and then of course getting his whole generation of players getting taken away one after the other was not a joke at all uh, but you know uh, i just wanted to know from radha out of the top of your hat what are the top 3 moments not necessarily trophies obviously but like if i ask you klopp best memories what would you know leap into your mind top 3 so i'm not even i'm uh, i'm going to go way past 3 i'm i'm calling it right now uh, but i'm i'm going to go chronologically i'll try and keep it to a round number so if i stop at 5 i'll stop at 5 otherwise otherwise i'm call it's going to go to 10 i'm telling you right now but um, but yeah starting right from the beginning i think i'm i'm going to call out significant moments uh, which were all part of the journey i guess so the first one is the game against palace i think it was our first loss against klopp uh, sorry with klopp uh, we lost 1 2 uh, and then he came out and he said he felt alone in the crowd in in the stadium and that people at anfield were leaving that that was like a most poignant moment of telling everybody that hey the great club and the great supporting fan base that you're supposed to be this is what you're actually doing you're no longer that you are leaving your own team when they're losing to crystal palace uh, and stuff like that and he really called out the supporters and this was maybe 3 4 weeks into his tenure at liverpool then after that west brom it was a 2 2 draw against west brom a lowly west brom where he got all the crowd to come got all the guys to come to the crowd and do the whole hands up german kind of celebration mocked by everybody in england because like oh my god look at these losers they're celebrating a point with against west brom but again the point that he was making is that hey this this time i felt that you guys didn't leave me alone so the equalizer that we got against him he was like okay you guys powered it through he set up that connection with the fans and that that's been one of the strongest connections that i've ever experienced for sure dortmund 4-3 maybe a year same same year or a little bit year later 4-3 the european knights at anfield were back uh, beating city in the champions league in the following season the first season that we qualified um, city was clearly the best team in the world and they were like threatening to go on go and win the champions league right from 2018 but beating them handsomely smashing them they really uh, it really put a marker down that hey a club team is is the real deal and he always said that i want to be the toughest team that any other team goes goes to play and he was he totally showed with the pep teams that uh, pep really started to fear playing against those kinds of liverpool situations 
then losing to real in the final flop after the final basically goes into the dressing room he parties with everybody sings songs makes everybody feel like hey this is all this is just the start of our journey everything is going to be totally fine then following that up with barca the next year 4-0 when we're out, out like pretty much company scores a screamer against leicester so we pretty much know we're losing the league then 4-0 we need to come back against barca proper dreams come true kind of situation uh, then winning the champions league that year even in our worst seasons making us like unforgettable moments with this team and this this entire atmosphere around it doing the domestic double almost going all the way uh, played every single game that there is to play doing the domestic double where two cups has now become like a okay what an underpowering like underperforming average kind of season situation then another sh- shite season beating united 7-0 to give us some like some small glimmer of hope in a terrible season when we finish out of the champions league but still one unforgettable memory which will last a lifetime and then this season is my final one uh, turning it around uh, i remember i texted you guys when we lost to real madrid in the champions league uh, that this is the end of an era i don't think we're coming back from here i think the the liverpool great liverpool team is done I, that's what i texted you guys from that situation to kind of revamp it the way that he has when he looked completely out of energy last season itself in fact if he had announced his retirement last season i would have been like you know i was dreading it but this season he's just turned it around with the midfield from scratch we have probably amongst the best attacks in europe now virgil is revitalized trent is reimagined tactical technical switches the substitutions all over the place he he looks so fresh and energized which is why it is a real gut wrench when he announced it like i didn't really I didn't see it coming. I thought he was reinvigorated and vitalized and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, these are the 10, 9, 10 things that I like chronologically speaking that has just been a journey and yeah, I'm hoping that I can replace them with 10 more for the end of the season now. Yeah, I think uh, for me uh, the main thing that stands out about people like Klopp is their personality. It's it's a natural thing. It doesn't come to everybody like you look at even Guardiola or you look at maybe rafa benitez or you know uh, or even someone like a mourinho who who used to be so good with fans but th- th- you know this kind of a reproring very enthusiastic persona i think also helps klopp and he is someone who goes out of his way i feel to connect with the local crowd he's he's uh, you know participated in the liverpool urban life endeared himself to fans by you know engaging with them i Uh, i think one of the most uh, or the best memories that uh, you know a, a, like a neutral fan could uh, could remember about klopp is of course you know bringing over the irish uh, uh, specially abled kid as well recently that was a very special uh, video you know that liverpool put out so things like that he shows the human side of himself and you know how he looks at life how he looks at the game and uh, i also uh, you know recollect the quote uh, which he uh, which he said i think in his first press conference that don't uh, you know remember be uh, you know by uh, by what people think of me when i was brought in as uh, ashwin was saying all the question marks about is he going to do it in premier league or not but remember me when i leave so uh, and you know give me the time give me the patience so that i am able to do that so uh, you know that's i think what is special about club Yeah, I think Eric Ten Hag called it a couple of years back, right? Errors, errors can come to an end. So this is probably what he means meant by that, because our man is not going to bring down the mighty Liverpool. This is how it 
Well, the Barcelona job is also open, so that's actually my next next question, and it's not just for Radha; it's for you guys as well, because you've seen this where this force of nature personality leaves, and then you have a succession which doesn't really work out well. So, what's the road ahead for Liverpool in terms of a new managerial appointment? Obviously, Alonso's name is being mentioned quite heavily, ex-Liverpool guy doing very well in Europe right now. Uh, there are other names being mentioned as well. But how does this go about? And does it make sense to go? Uh, I mean, does it make sense for a manager to take up this position, like follow such a big personality for the club? But is it too much, like Moyes found out at uh, United? I think what helps Liverpool is uh, even before appointing Klopp, they had a decent structure in place. Uh, probably they are missing that right now with the sporting director also uh, moving out, but. they do have the building blocks to do a good search and uh, whatever happened with united uh, I, i think that's a you know it's an example for everyone uh, what not to do ferguson was an institution in himself he used to take care of things end to end he had decent support but it was a one man structure basically which was reminiscent of maybe how wenger also used to operate so time times have definitely changed and i don't expect liverpool to you know repeat those same mistakes having said that whenever i think of who can come in my mind does not seem to be able to go beyond alonso of course it's all based on recent results he's a very very young manager we have seen this before uh, but i the, the first name that springs to mind is alonso what what do you, you guys think i am not too keen on alonso right now because this is his first season in the prime time and being at the top mm-hmm. of a league and things like that i think it's still a bit early for him my wild card entry and and radha will probably throw a shoe from the screen at me is marcelo bielsa like get him in he'll he'll get nunes firing and he he will he will make sure to utilize those crazy attacking talent i don't know what he'll do with the defenders or, but that would be a fun fun appointment yeah i think i think uh, with alonso um... let's bear in mind that aside from the fact that his team is unbeat unbeaten right now it's a very different style of play as well compared to what klopp uses right there's more build up through the middle so it's more like a pep rather than a rather than a klopp kind of a thing so it will be an ideology change as well um so jury is out on that i think there are some other interesting propositions as well so roberto di zerbi and nagelsmann are the other other prime candidates um yeah it'll be interesting to see you know what the liverpool hierarchy kind of comes up with but at this point in time i think alonso just because of the fact that he was an ex liverpool player has won the champions league with them as well i think he's the clear favorite and uh, some other options that i think we could i mean not we could liverpool could consider within um, the league is uh i mean 
another wild card. So, so I only have wild card choices. Like I don't have any um, normal choices here because no one is thinking about anyone other than Alonso right now. Is one is Kieran McKenna, if at Ipswich who's who's doing very well. But the problem is he was a United Academy coach, so it might be tough for him to cross those uh, battle lines. But he's 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 another of those wild card uh, choices. And um, what about a... Steven Gerrard? What happened to him? I thought he was next in line. He was like the Messiah. He will save Liverpool, not save, but like take them to the next level or whatever. Yeah, I, I think his team being eighth in the much wanted Saudi league, which is already better than Liga right now, means that he needs to get better at. Uh, managing his but current team. It, it would be so much fun to see Liverpool do what United did with Ole and Chelsea did with Lampard and, you know, hire someone like a Gerrard. It, it it would be so much fun to watch for a couple of years. Yeah, I think that was seriously being considered, right? When he was at Rangers and he had won that title and, and, and he came and, to Aston Villa. And when Villa. he started, started with hmm. Villa, he actually had a really good run of games as well. So, very much yeah. like Ole, you know, very yeah. streaky. And, and then... Yeah. It'll be fun. And I, I, think, I, I, I think Emery coming to Villa and completely turning the team around sunk Gerard's reputation even further down in terms of, see, this is what could have been done. Um, so, yeah. I'm... What, but but since we're talking of Emery, is, is Emery in line for a big job again? I don't know if he works well with a big club. I think he, he works better when he's at a smallish club. I don't so, know what you're talking about. I think he didn't do that well at Arsenal. So I mean, I I don't know who uh, who is going to be, and I don't have any guesses, and I'm not even ready to um, uh, start thinking about situations of a like that of a life past uh, club. But uh, what I can say is that uh, Ashwin, you mentioned that uh, it'll be diametrically opposite styles. I think there's no uh, continuity here. It is going to be a, a, a fresh, a clean cutoff. Um, it's also a cutoff in the sense that we are going to have to, we are going to be like signing a new director of football, technical director, whatever that is as well. So everything's up for grabs. I don't think it's going to be, um, uh, hey, let's find somebody who can do a gig and press, and that's the kind of people that we have. Well, the kind of people that we have, the kind of players that we have, are extremely energetic uh, great stamina great like ownership and like leadership qualities and supremely technical players now you can find systems that work across different types of styles of play with these kinds of players i don't think there's like a one dimensional set of players definitely in the in the squad so yeah it can be anything it can be a pep kind of system it can be like a counter attacking system it can be a gegen press it's up for grabs the personnel is definitely there now i don't think we are going to look for continuity of style for sure so yeah alonso i don't know is it too early i always feel like it's a big job shouldn't be uh, available so easily to so early to people but arteta is a good example where uh, some club has taken a big risk and it's even it's gone right well it's, i'd argue it's gone quite right for arsenal as well so um yeah, never know. I don't want to think about it. And hopefully, um, I know that the club will do its due diligence and will go through a full process like they did when they wanted to hire Klopp and not Ancelotti as well. So, just giving them that much faith that, okay, they'll get the job done. 
Okay. So moving on to some actual games that happened um, during the past few days. Um, like in the in the Premier League, we had this game week which was spread across two weeks, one game, one day, two games, one day. Um, any thoughts on any key points that stick out? Like uh, we had this oil Kashiko where uh, Newcastle and City decided, okay, we'll we'll take over the goal of the month competition and we'll do all of them in one game itself. Then we had United and Spurs. These were the two games that we had uh, talked about being the games to watch. And United and Spurs drew a game which I would say Spurs probably shaded and could have won, but didn't end up winning. And uh, Liverpool thrashed Bournemouth and I think it's going to be that angst of Klopp leaving that's going to drive them to thrash more and more teams um, as the season progresses. And uh, Arsenal finally getting back on track after uh, a few uh, games off the boil. So anything that stands out to you guys? Yeah, uh, what stands out is basically it's Jan and we are approaching Feb now and it's still the same old shit with United. I know we have played only maybe two or three games this whole month, but it's just continuing on from where we left off in December and uh, not much signs of you know getting better. Spurs was the prime example of that, playing at home. Ashwin was there. He, he can vouch for that. And, you know, uh, like depending so much on counters, depending so much on transitions, uh, at Old Trafford was disappointing to watch. Uh, I know that, you know, Spurs play a high line and uh, with Bruno and Rash, you can always find uh, players in behind. But that doesn't mean that you base your whole game plan on that. You should also, uh, you know, United are one of the most successful teams this season and everything else has gone bad, but their high press hasn't. And to see them not being able to do a high press because a couple of players were off the mark, especially Rashford, uh, was disappointing to watch. Uh so I, I would much have preferred, you know, United take the complete initiative against Spurs, try to dominate the game and still play on transitions. That is, if if you guys remember Ten Hag's first season, there was a landmark game at Old Trafford, United against Spurs, which United dominated end-to-end, dominated the ball, dominated the territory and people, people were saying that this was very reminiscent of Ten Hag's Ajax team and this is probably the template that he wants to play. So... From that moment in maybe October or November 2022 to, you know, one and a half years later, watching United completely just play on counters and basically give the initiative away was very disappointing. Uh, And then to follow that up with the FA Cup game, uh, which happened yesterday, was also pretty disappointing to watch. Started off well, but uh, to, I mean, concede so much chance, you know, so many chances and so much Control two goals against a League 2 team, 16th in the table in League 2 is pretty alarming. Players are coming back and still you don't see proper patterns emerging. It's it's a bit alarming at the moment for us. Yeah, I'll second that. I think uh, the question that I have for all United fans, which I don't think anyone can answer right now, is what is United's style of play? Right? We, 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 we don't know. With Spurs, we know... They're going to play the high line. With City, we know they'll choke you through the middle. With Liverpool, we know they'll do the gegen pressing or like press you incessantly. But like with with United, you don't know. Like even with Chelsea, you have some form of understanding as to what the team will do. Uh, 
as you know i was at the game and you know when you're watching it live in the stadium you can see the players positions and they were like non positions like no one was giving the the you know the person on the ball any options to pass like the the high line that they were trying to maintain wasn't straight delaw was in his own wonderland van bisaka was really restricted and it probably comes down to like the fact that you know that's that's their strength dalo is good going forward really bad coming back van bisaka is good in one to one defending really back uh, really bad pushing forward right so it's it's I, i don't know what it is like is it is ten hag not able to communicate well is ten hag not able to get the best out of these players are the players not motivated enough it's like it's it's just a lot of questions we are not able to answer at this point in time uh, the game started actually really well hoyland scoring and that that goal i mean it it was it was a shot in anger almost and you know it was a really good way to start um rashford had a stinker even though he got the goal he got i think he got the assist as well but he did not play well i i know a lot of fans in on social media are like oh wow look at how rashford's form has been over the past 3 4 5 games but like no he's not contributing to the team so it's just not working out and the fact that we were drawing to a, a to to newport is really telling i think it's really telling um we won the game eventually because ultimately quality shows up you're still a premier league team but we're just not there man like i don't i don't know and i think there would be a point where enios loses patience either with certain group of players or the manager something has to give and i think it will be very soon you know what needs to give for me uh, i am i am kind of done with rash there are two reasons for that one is this complete over dependence when he is in the team on playing transitions and you know trying to play in behind play him in behind is uh, also killing our dynamic because he doesn't seem to be able to do anything else right now he doesn't play well against the deep defense he doesn't keep the ball well so the only thing that he is capable of doing right now is running behind the defense which is really costing us because that's something that we try to do every decent team that we play against you know it was the same against liverpool it was the same against spurs in the last one one or two months which i can remember so rashford is completely killing our game uh, i would say and then you bring on top all the disciplinary issues he's had multiple of them he's had his body language has been shite his work rate has been completely pathetic so i mean all things considered we all remember the newcastle game where he wasn't even tracking back so for me it's it's better to make money out of him while he still has some years on his contract and get a proper you know proper player with uh, you know who can subscribe to an elite manager's work ethic i think rashford removing rashford is definitely something that needs to give this summer okay um any thoughts on city city uh, the machine seems to be churning again uh, newcastle gave them a good fight but couldn't get any points from them um, the spurs who do in the cup was also broken i mean um, spurs have been their bogey team but uh, even here uh, they they eked out eked out a win courtesy mr nathan and um, 
and this is without Haaland still being on the pitch. So I don't know what state he's going to come back in because they've been very secretive about his uh, injury and the extent of it. But even without him, they seem to be finding a way and it seems like now it does seem like it's just a two-horse race at the top. And and what a special contribution by De Bruyne in the in the Newcastle game. He just came on and probably he wasn't even 100% match fit, but he was controlling the ball, controlling the chances. Such special interventions, the pass and, and that youngster had a really calm, uh, you know, very, very good finish. Great ball from De Bruyne and he just, you know, interchanges the ball between his legs, goes past the keeper, such a calm finish. I think City... Okay, United have got something back in the academy, but cities seem to be continuously producing good kids all the time as well. Can I just say that Oscar Bob sounds such a made-up name? Like, it is... It's this like, is what you call a football manager region name. Yeah, it's like... it's like Yeah, or like, uh, you know, a fake player that you create on like FIFA or something. Like, you know, it's just... It's just yeah, it's just... I don't know. I for a for a moment I thought it's one of those things that City do to balance the books or something, and then actually a player turned up and scored as well. So, anyways, who am I to say anything? With 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 an assist like that, I mean, it can literally be anybody. It can be John Doe, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, man. I'm the death knell has been sounded. City are here. They're coming for everybody else. I don't agree, uh, Swag, that it's a two-horse race. I think Arsenal are just one one result away from being right in the thick of things as well. And and Liverpool and Arsenal have to play at the Emirates as well. So, I don't think it's going to be uh, as two-horse as you as you say as you're saying. But yeah, City, um, they are by far, I think, the favourites. Uh, the only thing and, that... and also look look who's the form team. Last four, if if I'm not mistaken, four consecutive Premier League wins for Chelsea. Mm, Swag yeah. maintaining a studied silence. I, I think uh, we've been lucky with the opposition. Um, we'll talk about uh, what's coming up um, in our wind screen very soon. Um, starting, is it tomorrow or day after tomorrow? But uh, yeah, we've, we've uh, gained a few points in, in the top half after a very long time i mean two points from seventh but also two points from 11th so we'll see i think this this next uh, couple of months is going to be crucial because we'll have the carabao cup final uh, as well and uh, also we'll play the biggies like liverpool city spurs i think all the top six apart from Arsenal is being covered in the next two months. So if we can come out with this still looking healthy, um, I'll be more than happy. I, I mean, if we finish anywhere in the top eight, I'm I'm happy for the season. Like I've, I've written off Europe a long time ago, but if we, if we can show some progress, that's, that's more than enough for me for this season. But yeah, um, coming to um, the other game, uh, Liverpool thrashing Bournemouth and Nunes scoring twice. The boys finally got his shooting boots on for a change. He scored uh, yesterday as well in the in the FA Cup. So, yeah, it's looking uh, pretty. Um, you can never you can never tell what's going to happen next week. But yes, this week was good. Uh, I, I, what I really liked were they were proper striker finishes, not the hard hitting uh, volleys or thumps that he that he usually keeps attempting. It is a proper side foot finish. 
into the corner and then a very instinctive outside of the foot finish into the corner so yeah long may it continue uh, and i hope they keep finding him for those kinds of chances and he keeps staying cool and taking them yeah and finally arsenal uh, finally back on their high horse as um, rather alluded to that they're uh, not too far off from the top uh, beating crystal palace 5-0 in i think for one goal it took them i think 10 point something seconds from uh, raya getting the ball and throwing it forward and the ball getting into the back of the net it was like 10 seconds that's that's the fast pacey counter attack um so they've been a bit off the boil and i mean for me i think the form seems to indicate something more um, uh, you guys probably think that uh, they still in the title race we'll see but um, i, I uh, but i you know swag i watched parts of the game and it was a bit weird because they scored two goals from direct set pieces i think from corners if i if i recollect now and uh, two or three goals from proper counters so in terms of game control and you know dynamism whatever you would normally associate with arteta maybe last season uh, you know they they uh, arsenal didn't really show it for large parts of the match while while being decent so it was still i would say a 6 or 7 out of 10 performance but absolutely clinical on specific uh, aspects of the game like uh, set pieces and uh, counters so still you know jury is out on their form uh, we all know what they're capable of but uh they are still off the pace for me uh, so they need to build a run and then only then they will be you know back in the conversation yeah okay before we move on to the next game week uh, we've been missing a bit of fpl chat um, ashwin you want to fill us in um, on uh, who these picks can be coming up uh, haland is supposedly close to a return but Guardiola wants to screw over every FPL manager by not giving an exact date so people can't sub him in yet. Uh I don't know what's happening. Uh, and also Salah Salah is also out now so um looks like they will have a lot of money in the bank. Um, so I think I think the the best pick for probably this this week is going to be Kevin De Bruyne. Um if he's even if he's having those 30 40 minute cameos the fact that he got a 12 pointer last time out and the fact that he's facing burnley um this week uh, makes him a immediate pick um the other team to look at is probably um brighton uh, they have some really good games coming up and i know swag you are secretly smiling there because i know you have est opinion so good time to be an estepinian owner as well um and then and then some good news for liverpool fans apparently alexander arnold is now back so anyone who is who has still held him in the in in their fpl team they can now do a evil laugh because he is definitely going to start against chelsea at home i think i think he'll be feasting at that prospect as well so good to have uh, Tank, tank in the team. If you don't have, if if you have him already. Yeah, I'm getting a bit wary of uh, Newcastle assets right now because of all this talk about their FFP and PSR and them needing to sell. Even Trippier's future has been under doubt, even though they've said that they don't want to sell him. They've rejected an offer from Bayern. Callum Wilson's name has been doubted, so I don't know. Like we we, and this might be more pertinent for draft. compared to fpl because in fpl you would basically transfer them out but in draft it might be a bit tricky if you 
bank on uh, Newcastle assets and suddenly they're gone, they'll have to wait a couple of years before they can be the highest uh, revenue earning club in the world. Like City built up their empire. So for, yeah. for a season or two, they might have to take the high road. If that yeah, speaking so. of, I mean, it's been an, it's been like crickets and breeze blowing this entire January. I can't believe we're on 29th January and nothing has happened, man. It's It's been intense. I think everybody's spooked by Everton and uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it, it's... it's uh, I mean, last January was basically Chelsea and Nottingham Forest spending everyone's money on behalf of them. So now you're left with um, no one has any money and uh, no one can I mean everyone wants to sell their players at a fixed price and no one has that money to buy them at that price so basically I think half of the league is going to be non-compliant with PSR when it comes around at the end of the season yeah there will yeah, be just a another sh- between Premier League you know the other European leagues <laughs> yeah, just another shout out though uh, for fantasy uh, yeah, draft. I'm one of those guys who've kept. Uh, yeah, Trent wasn't out for too long, but I'm one of those guys who kept Madison, and he's back. So that's another uh, high-scoring. He was on fire in fantasy before before the injury. So hopefully he can start getting some 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 points as well. A uh, couple of uh, affordable uh, Liverpool defenders like uh, Konate and Joe Gomez have also been playing a lot of football. So if you want to get some. Uh, Joe Gomez has never scored a goal, although he's trying to shoot in every single game to break that record. In every single game, he's trying it. So, if you want to take a Liverpool player for some clean sheet points, then there are a couple of cheap ones available. Simikas also, I hear, is back. Robertson is also though back. So, um, Joe Gomez might still be a good shot. And and yeah. please don't play uh, Licha just because he's back. United are still going to concede goals. Hmm. I don't know, maybe a goal scorer like Ivan Tony might be a good bet, considering he's already back scoring and uh, being introduced with the Undertaker's theme. So This is like, uh, for WWE watchers like me and Radha, this must be like, what multiverse have I entered into when Ivan Tony is coming out to the Undertaker's music? Right, let's move on to the final point on the agenda, which we've been hinting at a couple of times. Um, this weekend's, this weekend's, this game week's action and um, the crown jewel is Liverpool taking on Chelsea at Anfield, the first Premier League after Klopp's announcement. Couldn't you have waited another week to announce this, Mr. Klopp? You know, you know, you're talking about The Undertaker, you know, that signature uh, move or whatever maneuver that he does when he's like literally doing like this. That is exactly how it feels. Liverpool yeah. are so gonna thrash Chelsea. They're yeah. So gonna, and with, with Darwin known as firing in all cylinders with Jota, I feel for you. Just correcting to add. one point though. <clears throat> Just one point. We've already had our Anfield bow uh, in the FA Cup after the announcement. Um, so yeah, they they were singing for Klopp. Not that they're going to stop. They're going to do it for every single game from now till the end of the season. But um, the first game after the announcement has already happened. So Swag, you, you can worry a little less about that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, if we want our season to be special and if we want our season to go right to the end in all the competitions that we're playing, uh, 
Chelsea is a must win, especially with Arsenal coming up uh, like straight after Chelsea. So yeah, at Anfield, uh, we have to win. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I guess we can go with a little bit of pressure off also because now it's like everything all. Any little bit of energy left for all these players, they have to give it up for this season. So, so yeah, let's go for it. And I hope all um, all guns blazing and we put in a good performance like we did against, uh, say, Bournemouth and Newcastle and some of these other games in the in the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I agree with Swag there because uh, there were some, uh, you know, re, uh, uh, you know, concerns about the Anfield crowd this season. It's been slightly, uh, strangely silent a few times and even Klopp came out and tried to exhort them to be louder. So, and so, so now, obviously, it's a natural, it's going to be a natural explosion right through to the end of the season. It's like an active volcano now. So, Swag better watch out. Yeah, like there's 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 nothing. I mean, you can't accuse me of jinxing when I say that this game already looks like it's it's a write-off. Uh, but other games um, include uh, Aston Villa taking on Newcastle United, where both teams have gone off the boil at the same time. You remember at the start of the season, this was a game that Newcastle thrashed Villa in. If I remember correctly, this was something like four-one or five-one. Uh, didn't seem like the table would look like this <laughs> when these two teams met again. Um, but Newcastle really need some points because they're they're at the edge of the top 10. And um, I, I don't think Eddie Howe survives the season if, if they finish where they are right now. There were some people who had him in, in a sack list, I have to say. Yeah. So. Some people did expect a turnaround in the way, uh, in the, way the table would look. At some stage, although there have been plenty of sackings already uh, before before him, but still, maybe he can yeah. join Liverpool. Yeah, we could use a good kit man. Okay, and also, uh, I'm interested to see uh, Spurs versus Brentford, um, purely for the reason that Spurs will be Spurs, and uh, interested to see how Tony performs. Um, he's back. Let's see how he how he works out, but. Uh, this is the midweek uh, fixture list and uh, another game that's catching my eye, the final one, is Wolves versus Man United because Wolves have been a good form team in the recent few uh, weeks and they're playing at home against Man United uh, who are looking a bit fragile. So, so this should be yeah, it's, interesting. It's also kind of like a mini circle for United fans because uh, United Wolves was the first game of the season and that's where all the alarm bells Start, you know, first started ringing with the shape that we were playing in and the fundamentals being wrong, the, you know, transition, defending on transitions being very weak. So, this kind of comes back into a mini circle with so much of the season still to go. So, it's going to be an important marker. If we want to show, show any improvement with players returning, this is the game to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to be adding to our, you know, pessimism and concerns if we don't play well in this game. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Wolves are our bogey team. I guess who isn't right now? But uh. also, isn't uh, isn't uh, man? I'm blanking on his name now. But isn't that top assister guy back? Neto. Uh, Neto. Neto. Pedro Neto. Huh? Yeah, he is. He is. He's been back for the past two games. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I, I think I we lost. somehow Radha was referring to Mason Mount, but okay, I was going to say that he's not. Uh, you know, nowhere close to coming back. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm not even sure if that's going to help. There's a new assister and scorer in town, RK. His name is Anthony. And he's the greatest, apparently. Let's, let's not talk about, about that guy. But, you know, one, one thing I remember from yesterday's match, 
it's the same old antony he curls in and he does that you know curled shot attempt it misses the goal post by some 10 yards and and he is showing to garnacho you know <laughs> this is how much it missed he always does that and it just drives me off knowing yeah. by the way before we before we wrap up this episode i have a shout out uh, uh, to anybody and everybody uh, listening and watching um i am looking to go to anfield this season so if anybody has a spare ticket uh please do reach out to takitaka and uh we'll be happy to uh, pay homage to you on air but yes anybody with a ticket to anfield anytime between now and the end of the season just give me enough time to get a visa but uh, yeah anytime after march yeah and Ashw- ashwin is cackling like a guy who has a forever visa to the uk is like yeah, i don't need one he is not going to get tickets till Dude, I'm telling you, I'm I'm where I'm in Coldplay Stadium or Stadium waiting for Coldplay. I'm already on like six parallel chats saying, "Hey, Spurs, uh, I'm finding it on this website. Shall we book it? Hey, Wolves, last home game of the season, uh, one thousand four hundred pound VIP hospitality ticket." Dude, I'm telling you, uh, we'll 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 go. Now we just have to figure out which which game. talking of ashwin's uh, i mean uh, swag was referring to forever uk visa ashwin if if you have that actually the next time rash is uh, you know on your uh, you know island just go over there and give him a slap i i know it's a different country but please do that it was so funny because i i i i read the words nightclub and belfast i was so sure that he wasn't ill like I mean, come on! It's it's just it's just this uh, random categorization that Eric Ten Hag basically puts everyone in. Everyone is ill. Basically, they did not report for training. Yeah, he he was ill, just like um, taking a different sport. Uh, like Glenn Maxwell was ill recently after a night out, where he basically went out partying with his Big Bash team and drank so much that he fell unconscious. So that's the illness that Rash suffered. but yeah okay um, so we'll wrap up here uh, listeners as you can see our uh, our topics of discussion have basically ended so if anyone has tickets please reach out to radha or to the tokitaka social media accounts and we'll hopefully monitor them and get you in touch with this guy and we'll see you again soon hopefully somehow darwin nunes would have missed the goal hopefully we'll see for now that's all from us bye bye you think you think that's going to save you swag right?